What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie J. Lopez. Hope you're all doing well. Before we get into it, please follow the podcast page, allow for notifications, rate the podcast. Also, follow me on social media at Frequency Podcast Network. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Consistent content, including some album reviews that don't make the podcast. This week, we got a special guest, but I'll let him introduce himself. Hello, my name is Darius Fernandez, not a podcaster, but an avid music listener. The man has music. My rap name is O-D-O-H-H-D. You can find me on Apple Music or Spotify. I've been writing a lot more lately, so be on the lookout for that. Pleasure to meet y'all. Can't wait to hear more stuff. And the topic this week is a fun one, which is why I wanted to bring my man here. A little bit of backstory, I guess. We've known each other since like the college days, and we've been talking Kendrick Lamar ever since. So today we're going to be doing a Kendrick Lamar discography ranking. After Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers came out a few months ago, I've seen a bunch of publications doing this, Complex. Even saw Spotify have their own little feature. And I figured it's been enough time since the album came out to give our own takes and where we think this ranks in Kendrick's freaking insane discography after listening to it this entire week. And just to give a little backstory for those who don't know who Kendrick is, I'm sure most of you do. Rapper out of Compton, California, regarded as one of the most talented and influential artists of modern hip hop, finding fame, mainstream, and critical success with Good Kid Mad City back in 2012. Gone on to have a career centered around some amazing storytelling, larger than life album concepts, fantastic lyrical content, Pulitzer Prize winner, multiple Grammys, millions of record sold the man's done it all and that being said we're going to be ranking his five studio albums today 2011 section 80 2012's good kid mad city 2015's to pimp a butterfly 2017's damn and 2022's mr morale and the big steppers the way this is going to work i'll let my homie dow give his number five and then i'll give my number five and have a have a little conversation about it i so must have a conversation man you know and listening to these albums honestly it's so wild to go back to his earliest works and still be straight up amazed by the level of content that, right. that he's been releasing for so long. So this was a tough list for me to do, to say the least. So like you said, starting from number five, this is the one that you said could be a black horse on anybody's list. Surprise, surprise, it is dead last for me. And that is damn. Wow. You know, on it, honestly, when I went through all these albums, I had kind of a bit of a ranking system going because mm -hmm. I liked so many songs on so many projects that it was difficult for me to kind of get it all lined up. When we get to number four, I'll speak on that further. But basically for Damn, I don't know what it was. The, the songs that stuck out to me the most were the ones that were played the most, the ones that were on the radio, the ones that had the music videos. And that doesn't inherently make it bad for me in any way, shape or form. But I felt like the things that stuck with me the most were purely because I heard them that much. Right. And that just dropped a couple points beneath my number four. So with all that being said, it was still, whew, it was still good. Like DNA still honestly might get better with age, feel, mm -hmm. ain't nobody praying for me. That whole, that whole, right. <laughs> Yo. it gets me every single time, honestly. And the storytelling is never bad. It fell to the last, like we mentioned, this discography is so good. It just happened to fall there. I feel no like, direct yeah. grievances, though. This, I still think this album is, is fantastic. Yeah. I feel like we could both confidently say that most of these, like, number five, number four spots are most rappers, 
like best albums Kendrick <laughs> yeah. has an insane discography straight up and and honestly something that stuck out with me the most which is why it almost got bumped up to my number four if you don't mind me singling out a song right quick because i'm actually curious about what you think about it and that's just his triple x song track number 11 mm-hmm. that incredible yeah let me let me know what you think about that I because think, yeah i love that track i think when it first came out it was one of my favorite songs just because of like the instrumental transition in it i also really like sort of the juxtaposition that he does it's essentially about uh, somebody coming to him being like yo my family member got killed what do you think i should do and kendrick doing that whole savior complex thing kind of denying it and being like dude like the fuck do you think i, I would kill that guy too? You know? <laughs> yeah straight up turn myself in right after too it's, so they know it's crazy because it. like low-key though facts <laughs> like i don't even know like yeah, I feel you, Kendrick. That's crazy. Yeah, because he's he's always taking that point. You know, I mean, talking good kid, Mad City. The whole concept of the album was basically him getting into shenanigans with his friends, but that never really be in this wave. So mm-hmm. hearing him come out and be like, "If this level of harm is done to me, that's it." Right. It's crazy. And then juxtaposed for the second half of the song, where he's talking about how like, "Oh, I'm, I I want to talk to the kids about gun control and how that's really important." Just acknowledging that he understands what's important and what's like necessary for the the betterment of the country and his community and stuff but he still grew up in that environment right like he understands like his emotions at the same time so it is a crazy track i'll talk a little bit more about dan when i get to it but it's not my number five oh what's your number five my number five honestly i'm surprised by this is section 80 this one was really important to me in, in like high school because i had all those singles downloaded but i never really went back to the whole thing until after good kid mass city and although i don't think it's like as refined as a lot of these other albums you could already tell how special he was going to be on section 80 i feel like section 80 as i said before is as good as so many rappers best albums he has the flows he has the bars the storytelling it was all there like out the gate which is insane for me it's like the album that just never gets all the way there in terms of like the concept like it doesn't like tie itself together all that well Um, yeah it does bounce around a bit yeah plenty of tracks still in rotation like F your ethnicity, ADHD, rigor mortis. You can always throw rigor on high power. Crazy. When you first heard rigor mortis, you were like, okay, he's special. I, I know the time and place that I heard rigor mortis, man. Word. Like, you know, my brother Louis picked me up after work. I was still mad young working my first like official non under the table job. <laughs> uh, and he's like, yo, you need to hear this song. And he put on rigor mortis and we were driving from downtown back to the crib and he took the long way because we listened to it more oh, than yeah. once. And as you know, of course, the listeners wouldn't, but I was just at a Kendrick concert and he still plays that song. Damn. He played Rigor Mortis, not the whole shebang, but a good portion of it. And I'm like, yo, of course he does. This song is crazy. It's all about Everything the- about Rigor Mortis is wild. I went to go see him in November or he did a Section 80 through Damn. So I was excited to hear all these Section 80 songs. He did ADHD, which was insane for me. That's one of those songs that always like yeah. has stuck for me. He did high power. So a lot of things that are still in rotation. But I will say the reason it's kind of at the bottom of the list for me is there's a lot of tracks that don't really age well for me. I don't really like No Makeup or Tammy song. I will say, though, it is a concise listen. Mostly those two. You know two. what? That's, mm-hmm. that's interesting that you put that because, like I said, I had a very rudimentary rating system because it's kind of tough for me to put this into words sometimes since right. with me and music, a lot of it is emotions. But I was kind of using a check, check minus, plus, mm. plus kind of system, you know? And yeah. No Makeup ha- is the only song out of all five albums that I gave an X to. Wow. And Tammy's song is a check minus which is only one out of like 
maybe three out of all five projects. Yeah. So you I just named like, the two songs that I was like, eh, not yeah. really. Filler. I feel like No Makeup just kind of had like a whack hook on it and it doesn't really develop that much. Like I understand what he was going for, but it just didn't land. And Tammy's song, I don't know. The payoff is stupid in my opinion on that track, but I still love Section 80. I think it's a great album. I think in a lot of ways it's better than some other albums. I'll say that I think it's more concise than an album like Mr. Morale in the fact that I feel like I can actually listen all the way through Section 80 a little bit more easily. As we do the Mr. Morale comparison, at the end of like one of the final tracks, he goes, I'm not the next pop star. I'm not the next socially aware rapper. I'm a human motherfucking being over dope ass instrumentation. And it was just funny hearing him say that in comparison to like Mr. Morale, where he's like really feeling like he has to like defend himself and not like be the savior for all of us. Like he always felt that he was just like one of those down to earth guys just talking a message and all just like came around. You know what, man? That's amazing that you even bring that up because in quotations, no exaggeration, I have... I'm not the next pop star. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm not the next socially aware rapper. I'm a human motherfucking being. I took three sentences to write that out in my sloppy ass handwriting because I'm like, yo, I can't believe he said this out loud. Yeah, a decade ago. Straight out. I feel like I'll go right into my number four because it's damn. So I feel like we could talk a little okay. bit about that. But... Well, my number four is section 80. Word. Okay. So, so let me, we literally let me... reverse there. Okay. And honestly, these flip-flopped for me. I last minute flip-flopped these last night because I don't know what always bothered me about Damn is like the overall picture never ties for me. But I've come to the realization on this listen that I don't really care that much. It doesn't take away from the fact that it's a fantastic collection of tracks. I mean, the biggest appeal of this album for me is that it's a very clean and easy listen from beginning to end. No real skips okay, at all. DNA is probably the best intro on all the albums, all five of them for me. I think DNA is superior. Um, hold on, hold on. Don't ignore blood. <laughs> DNA is the best full-length track. <laughs> <on all five. laughs> of course, it is. Yeah. It is. Amazing moments. Like We got the bangers. We got Element. We got Humble. I love the emotional moments like Feel, which used to be like one of my least favorite tracks, is growing to become one of my favorite performances from Kendrick. I love Pride, Yeah, Seductive Lust, A Heartfelt Love. I Where's think the love the for Fear? Fear? Oh, Fear is amazing. That like three-part, it's pretty man. much like a three-part saga. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason it doesn't rank higher than the other albums I have on here is because it doesn't tie as much for me, but it is like probably the one that most people would consider to be the most replayable of the mm -hmm. albums. And the only reason well, there's I a lot of singing and melodic yeah. type of stuff in this album too. Like Rihanna's on this one, right? Right. Rihanna's on this one. I mean, you too, I guess on. Fucking, yeah. Humble, uh, humble yeah. just played so much into everybody element. That hook, that shit, that shit's hot. You gotta go hard on the bitch. I'm gonna make it look shit. Sexy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fucking the only reason I have it above section 80, to be honest, is because I just think it's more consistent throughout. What are your I thoughts? Could, I could give you that. I could give you that a hundred percent. And honestly, those two were the ones that I more or less had the hardest time choosing Same. with because they were just so, so similar as far as uh, my rating system went. And I'm like, hold on. It, uh, basically the reason why section 81 out is because of nostalgia more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Like the memories of yeah. listening to section 80 was <laughs> making like $11 an hour and using all my extra money to drink with my homies and go out and like do what I can, yeah. when, you know, in that point in time in my life. So like section 80 kind of took me back a bit, but I could definitely appreciate damn. Honestly, I liked it a lot more 
than I remember liking it because I, I think the fact that it was so replayable just kind of threw it in my face. And at that point in time, I was hearing it so much that I felt like I got over it. Mm-hmm. But the fact of his themes of like essentially being some of these songs we're talking about, like being fearful of the loss uh, of fame or like his life or people around them. And then just the ongoing theme of, of like the role of prayer in the community, which I think is something really interesting that he does. And honestly, a lot of his projects, right. But yeah, man, it just lost out just by a little bit, but right. I'm honestly We're... so surprised at how much I actually like Dan. I realized on this listen that I've come to really like about Dan is that a lot of the songs do stand on their own as like individual moments, which is rare for a Kendrick album, obviously. But I appreciate that about this album. And do you say rare for a Kendrick album because he generally like compilates it under such a like a large theme? Yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. why. I mean, at least the remaining three that we haven't talked about yet all have that sort of energy. Yeah, he knew what he was doing from the intro to the outro. It was all right. one large story, adventure, whatever you want to call it. Like, right. you could just tell how he tuned up what he was trying to talk about for all three of those. Mm-hmm. Go ahead with your number three, man. Number three is Good Kid, Mad City. Wow. I was feeling, you don't need to tell me, of course, because we're going up a list here, but I thought Good Kid was probably going to be either your two or one. Uh, I knew we would be kind of close, but a little off for some of those. And I'll explain more further on as to why this hit number three. But like off rep, him just giving us the initial experience of what it was like to grow up in Compton during his timeline in that specific era. Cause I feel like all my association with Compton, like most people's is NWA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anything I ever knew about Compton had to do with movies that I watched in the nineties and NWA. So I feel like this was the first time I ever really got to hear like another side of the story. Honestly, I think why this album really did it for me, despite being number three, was in the early 2000s and late 90s when people were like using interludes and skits a lot. I'm thinking about like Ludacris and Kanye. I'm thinking that Kendrick at this point in time knew how to use that to like put together a bigger story by having his boys in the van talking about smoking and passing it around, meeting up with Shireen and all that. Like his parents calling him on voicemail. Mm. Like all of that makes it feel like a time capsule to me. And this is even talking about individual tracks, man. The art of peer pressure, money trees, Matt City, good kid, all of it. Like bitch don't kill my vibe. Right. Like people still say that that, that basically became intertwined That's in true. our, I'm going to use this crazy our word, the zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> the zeitgeist. It put it out in the world in, in a different scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about this album. Not a single right. thing. My number three is Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I mean, I've spoken a lot about this album on my platform already. I will say this is true that my most recent full listen, I like it more. My biggest negative with this album is that I do think it becomes a little bit underwhelming in the middle of the track list. I think the transition from the first half to the second half could have been a higher peak. And especially given the shifting point of the album, I wanted it to be like a higher quality in a way. I think tracks like Purple Hearts and even like Silent Hill, they just don't hit too hard for me conceptually or even as songs in and of themselves like i like them but i don't love them i just feel like it was underwhelming and the transition between like the big steppers and mr morale wasn't that obvious i also think like changes in the track listing that i would just make like out the gate like i don't know if big steppers is on the first half i'm confused as to why father time is there but then like mr morale is the second half i'm confused why silent hill is there like things like that like 
which are very minute points. But, you know, in a game of Kendrick Lamar discography rankings, like that stuff, I guess, matters because everything is so meticulously perfect. But (laughs) what I will say is the emotional peaks on Mr. Morale, just the way Kendrick makes himself so fucking vulnerable, it put this one up another notch for me. Like initially, I kind of thought that I would like Damn more than this one. Although I find Damn to be somewhat a more concise consistent listen i just think those like emotional intimate moments like father time and mr morale mother i sober i think those just hit so fucking hard for me. hard yeah i, oh I can't God. take away from that in the slightest man because we don't even know like <laughs> i i read somewhere the other day that we don't even know kendrick lamar's like daughter's name like True. he keeps to himself for the most part you know he's always talked about his family to an extent his childhood to an extent, but like Mr. Morale, he has the whole song about his auntie diaries. Yeah. That was like crazy. talk about diving in. We never really got to know Kendrick that much before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's always been somebody who spoke about society at large, but he never spoke about himself that much. I mean, on damn, you know, he had feel and things like that. So he right. was like kind of getting in there, but I feel like here he kind of just busted wide open with trauma expressing how things are so difficult for him to maintain relationships like he really became the man behind the mask in a way and i don't think the concept was executed perfectly or anything like that but you always get brownie points for me when you put your heart on your sleeve like that same i feel you on that he did not mess around and you said that was your three that was my three yeah oh man okay this this one starts to get dicey huh okay so what's your two actually (laughs) okay so this is where i flip-flop because i told you prior to us hopping on here that i did a switch when you told me you did a switch so for you it was four and five for me it was one and two no way (laughs) this is gonna be so interesting okay my number two is to pimp okay same so that's cool. Okay, that's good kid. I knew good kid was your number one. I knew good kid was your number one. To pimp a butterfly was my number one until about an hour ago. To pimp a butterfly, first of all, for those of you that know me, you know I like jazz a lot. So the fact that to pimp a butterfly had so much like jazz influences in it is the reason why it's been my number one for so long. All the battling with racial issues, talking about temptation, the black community, the evils of Lucy's all around me, like yeah. <laughs> everything mm-hmm. to do with that, I thought was amazing, man. And off rip, you know what? Earlier you said, was it that damn had the best intro with DNA? I'm like, what about blood? For me, actually, I'm going to take that back. DNA is my number two for intro because Wesley's theory on Pimple Butterfly is my favorite. I even have a note that says probably favorite intro right next to it. So now I know. Mm, it is amazing. I love it, it man. The it way slapped you in the face. Especially the first <laughs> yeah, time you heard it, you were like, what the fuck? Starts out strong and then he takes a step back with that like for free interlude where he basically just does oh, slam poetry. And then bust out with king kendrick what's the yams who doesn't know what yams are? Yams is the power of that beat <laughs> straight up i remember having to educate white people on what the yams were when <laughs> when or what yams were in general when that shit i remember us out. being at work because this came out when you and i actually met and that's that's on that's probably how we started talking about music the most was this album and i remember other folks in the office listening to this album and talking about it differently than you and i were for obvious reasons but with that being said this was just put together so well man like the instrumentals were absolutely no joke like i said king kedrick is wild wesley's theory 
I love you. Yo, great song. The loving you is complicated. Loving you is complicated. I love every time he does anything like that with his voice. And he said in his closing line, I actually had to write this down. And if I told you secrets, the world will know you can't stop a suicidal weakness. And I'm like, damn, dog. <laughs> he just cut yeah. off the song and went to, we gonna be all right. <laughs> like he just, he knew when he wanted to have you on the high and he knew when he wanted to make you feel low and like think more inward. And mm-hmm. I just thought the way he bounced around was really, really well done. Shoot, man. I love, I love this album. Like I said, it's been my number one until like an hour ago. To Pippa Butterfly, also my number two. It's a 1A and a 1B for me. In a lot of ways, I think To Pippa Butterfly could be better than my upcoming number one, which at this point is no secret. Conceptually, I mean, it just hits harder with these themes of the Black experience, the way Black Americans and Black artists are abused by like the political and capitalistic systems in America. That notion just goes harder with the inclusion of all these influential sounds of predominantly Black genres, such as funk, soul, and jazz. And I mean, the poem for Tupac that kind of ties the whole thing together fantastic but i will say i think the poem is more of a touch rather than a driver of the album i don't think it necessarily like brings me through the album as much as the music does but yeah man i mean some of my favorite kendrick performances are on here i love those interludes for free and for sale some of my favorite kendrick moments of all time fucking this dick ain't free that shit's amazing (laughs) i fucking love institutionalized how much a dollar costs just so beautifully written shit Um, don't change until you get up and wash your ass yeah Kendrick does a really good job on this album playing the middleman between like his community and the community he's become a part of. Also, I think from a musical perspective, this is probably the best one, like sonically. Brings his flows and his bars up to another level. In terms of just like the concept and the replayability, I do prefer Good Kid. I did find To Pimp a Butterfly a lot easier to listen to on my most recent listen. That being said, though, the standard version is like 10 minutes longer than Good Kid Mad City. And I kind of feel the length a little bit. Like I did find myself towards the end being like, "Eh, I'm feeling it be long you know what i mean at the end of the pimp a butterfly yeah i just don't think well, the yeah. pacing is as good as good kid mad city i think good kids mad city is just like paced perfectly i do feel like every song is great but i do tend to skip things like these walls and mama and complexion and even i so even some like reorganization of the track list might have made it slightly better but i mean that's just critiquing a practically perfect album and like justifying it being my number two and not my number one you know right <laughs> just like you said sonically though it absolutely is no joke i, I yeah that was probably one of the world. first things i I said that I'm like, yep. The fact all the influences he had with jazz, I thought was just crazy. It was it was so beautifully done. He pieced it together like nobody's business, but I do agree that it does get a little slower near the end. I mean, Mortal Man is super long because of that conversation at the end, although it does piece the album together really nicely. I like I. I disagree with you in that one. Mm. Uh, Just because I like the energy that he comes from because a lot of this album has to do with like a lot of complications like you said when he's playing the middleman between where he came from and essentially where he's going and i feel like he bounced around those ideologies a lot Mm. but then by the time he hit i i felt like he's accepted where he's at he loves himself he's doing his own thing and trying to promote that kind of positivity and then grounds himself with mortal man but still my goodness this whole album is crazy let's talk about mr morale yeah because that was your three 
Yeah. Okay. So I made Mr. Morale my number one, like I said, straight up just before hopping on this call. You had previously mentioned that it's the first time he's ever really been that vulnerable. And then when it hits those emotional peaks, they really are Kilimanjaro. We are seeing something that we haven't seen in a depth that we haven't heard from him literally ever. First of all, there is a bias with how much Baby Keem's on this album. Because if you know me, you know <laughs> I love me some Baby King. All right. Like they straight up gave him an interlude that was just a two minute long song. But it was, <laughs> it was just, honestly. it was Savior interlude. Crazy. For me, that vulnerability and those emotional peaks are what took it over. This album had a lot of just straight up, like, okay, this song's good, just regular check marks on my list. But it also outweighed the rest of them by the like double or triple check marks that I added. Basically, mm. meaning that when those emotional peaks hit, when those stories really came together, I was just enthralled. That was it. Like, I like hearing that side of Kendrick a lot because we've never been given it before. So I do feel like to an extent, there's some recency bias. Like I said, I just saw him on this tour. And something I didn't mention earlier, which ties into your Good Kid, Mad City, I've seen Kendrick live once before, and it was during his Good Kid, Mad City tour. Mm. And to this day, it's the worst performance I've ever seen in my life. I understand. Granted, I am, yeah, because, you know, it was also a decade ago. He just started touring, you know, he, he's bound to get better. So I feel mm-hmm. like I caught him in a weird place. But with that yeah, being said, just Mr. Morale hit me on those high marks. Like United in Grief was just really intense off rip. Sure. And honestly, I've actually reflected on that song. I listen to that song a lot. Because I just think it's deep, man. And and I have my own personal stories regarding how I deal with grief. So just, I don't know. I think finding him, everybody grieves different. (laughs) Um, I grieve different. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) He just just comes out the gate crazy, man. Worldwide steppers. That that is low key. First time I fucked a white bitch was in Copenhagen. (laughs) (laughs) That song is hard as fuck. But like United United in Grief, I could see people saying that's his best intro like that shit is really good that's one of the best songs on the album it is really good i would put that up there with die hard die hard is great uh, the hook let's see weary together no we cry together my bad we cry together how do you feel about that song? yeah i loved we cry together do you listen to, i listen to it like people don't be listening they, they're like oh i never returned to that song and i'm like i love listening to it because i think it's like intriguing no i think it's amazing man the emotions that come off in that song yeah, are like 100 to me incomparable i can't i can't name another song that have gave me those emotions like being a fly on the wall in that room and and seeing that level of toxicity yeah it's it's really dope when music is incredible Uh, yeah i agree i mean i think it's really like people do tend to look at music and try to mostly elicit either like sad or happy emotion but i feel like Mm -hmm. when music can give you like these other emotions that you're not really thinking about like intrigue and like reflection it's really powerful and it's interesting and i mean super shout out to Taylor Page, who I think stole the show on oh, that. Oh my goodness. I think she outperformed Kendrick. Yeah. Sure. You know what? I think she did too. The way she used her voice in that song was right. Was amazing. She peaked it at the right time. She knew when to step back. She, yeah, I that, did think she killed Kendrick. And it's so rare to see someone upstage Kendrick, especially so on his own song. And I understand why some people can't be listening to that song because it is intense. You're literally hearing two people fight for like three mm-hmm. minutes. 
but toxic fight. low key, it might be tied for for my favorite song because of the the emotions it brings up. And like you said, a lot of people try to assign emotions to these types of songs. And like this song assigned it itself. It knew exactly mm. what it was doing. This this could be a short film. This Easy. could be like a twelve minute short film, a day in the Easy. life of this couple. Like you know, I just think they built a whole world in this one song. It was great. I Absolutely. love 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 that song. Father Time might be my favorite song. Growing up with that sort of mentality and like trying to not show any emotion and realizing the negativity that that has and like carrying that on your shoulders. <laughs> I love Sampha on that hook. It's definitely one of my favorite. But I say low key, one that people don't mention a lot that is like top three for me easily is Mr. Morale. That fucking beat is crazy. Well, Kendrick's yeah, it's produced by Pharrell. What do you want? True. And Kendrick's energy is nuts on that. Watching my cousin struggle with the fiction and watching the first boy make a million. <laughs> and both of them off the grid for forgiveness. That shit is hot. No, Mr. Morale's amazing. I mean, anything that Pharrell touches, in my opinion, <laughs> like he's my favorite producer of all time. Word. And one of the best live performances I've ever seen with NERD. Yeah, Mr. Morale, good call out, man. My goodness. I yeah, do love that song. Great. I go back to that one a lot, honestly. Like, I love the concept of like, oh, I wonder if Kelly never got abused. Like, oh, what would happen with him? And like, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I love those thought experiments. Because like, obviously, I don't forgive R. Kelly for being a douchebag abuser or anything no like that. No like, way. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely not. But it's super worth the thought, right? Which is a lot of what Kendrick kind of is doing on here, even though I don't agree with like the Kodak Black stuff. He is trying to shed light into the fact that like these guys could be different if their circumstances were different and we should give consideration to their circumstances. Whether we forgive the things they did is one thing or another, but it's worth giving consideration to the fact that those things happened and those things do have an influence on how you turn out as a person. He's had this whole history. I mean, we just went over these five albums more or less and all of those touched up on themes of his environment basically being surrounded by violence or drugs gangbanging in general but then he would always also talk about the love and the community and you know right. brothership and all that good stuff so like i feel like this is something that he's always brought up but mr morale was him putting it all together hard on his sleeve and just getting into everything that he touched upon for the last decade right and it okay. as in depth as possible so so you bring it up i talked about r kelly using kodak as an example too because we all know kodak ain't the best influence but you know this man grew up in miami in the hood like in little haiti where if you've ever been there you probably never been there but it is not the safest place so i do think that's important especially for where i grew up too because of course my life feared in a very different manner but i could have just as easily became a drug dealer off the people i was associating with at a young real. age that's real there's nuance to it and yeah there's just a lot of people out there who don't really understand like how things could always have turned out a little bit differently sure not but that's why it's so amazing that he could write about it that's yeah, that's I mean, why at, at the end of the day, Mr. Morale, like, yeah, articulated so well. That's how Mr. Morale ended up winning it for me because he hits these heavy subjects in a way that I want to listen to it. These are like mm -hmm. difficult things to talk about, and I'm taking my free time to listen to it repeatedly right. because it's important and it's well done. Man, it, it beats a Pimp a Butterfly because of that. Yeah, I think the reason that I have Pimp a Butterfly above Mr. Morale is just because I find it to be a lot more cohesive. And I actually sonically just enjoy it more in general. Like I like that mm -hmm. jazz influence, similar to your thoughts. But for me, I found the cohesiveness of to Pimp a Butterfly. And a lot of the topics he's talking about on that have sort of like a special impact on me. But mm -hmm. like, I, no I think answers. I am susceptible to the fact that he's so vulnerable in, in this mm -hmm. album. And, and it is the biggest reason why I like it so much. 
But I could tell you with certainty that if that wasn't the case, or at least less of the case, to pimp a butterfly would be one, good kid would be two, and Mr. Morale would be three for me. Like, it would get bounced back two whole spots. Because those songs that I'd mentioned previously just yeah. love it. Word. So Good kid. I'll, yeah, I'll go into my number one. It. Please. So I listened to these chronologically. I assumed you did too. What became like immediately apparent is that growth from Section 80 to Good Kid was crazy, right? I feel like out the gate with Shireen, you're like, damn, this guy like somehow grew from an already incredible project. The incredibly Mm -hmm. vivid storytelling. And not only that, a huge piece of what I love about Good Kid Mad City is that I think it flows conceptually almost like perfectly. The concept of being this kid from Compton, seeing some fucked up shit, and not only having to navigate typical difficulties that people grow up with like he's trying to get girls like he's messing around with the homies but having to deal with the challenging environment that overly complicates those already difficult things everything that he, mm-hmm. that he has to deal with like violence and gang banging and not knowing who to trust and finding ways to get money trying to find ways to come up like <laughs> peer pressure shit like that it came out when i was a teenager some sort of like teenager to teenager resonance there the fact that it plays out as a movie and the skits bring a story forward along is what puts it above mm-hmm. To pimp a butterfly. The one with the shenanigans? Ooh, which one? (laughs) (laughs) I like stories. I like adventure. And I like how this is like a very concrete story. Like, and Mm -hmm. I also think that juxtaposition between teenage innocence and street knowledge that forced quick maturity on him, that's really dope. It resonated with me a lot. Not necessarily like I grew up in that sort of environment, but just like understanding the fact that I had difficulties being a teenager. And then there were these outside obstacles that would make it even more difficult for me to grow and mature and to be like a good man at the end of the day is just insane to me. Yeah. As if growing up isn't hard enough. Exactly. That storytelling just to start an album, like the balls to start an album with like something like that art of peer pressure is just so meticulous thing about me good kid the conceptual piece of to pimper butterfly for me got combined with the replayability of damn because there's so many fucking bangers on here backstreet freestyle there's a lot money of trees even like bitch don't kill my vibe and poetic justice are vibes drake's verse on that album is great to me i thought it was pretty good and you know i'm a drake hater but that song yeah. is still dope i like drake's verse the best on that song young East yeah i was really girl. good you was too busy fucking with your other man that shit's hot <laughs> um, yeah it is but let's be real like j-rock probably had the best feature with fucking money trees that money trees verse is crazy and hey, i know turkey you on thanksgiving <laughs> i was hoping the lord forgive him yeah that's actually wild that line right there is actually wild every day i'm hustling what else is this dog to do when you're eating cheese from the government yeah that's just crazy yeah i I didn't even fully get that line when i first listened to the album the whole government cheese and all that because i didn't learn that till i was in college what that really meant and i'm glad you touched that i'm sorry to cut you off no go ahead go ahead you mentioned shireen twice and you were talking about the over-encompassing themes of this album. And man, I keep talking about my favorite intros. And this one isn't my favorite. But it, it's really debatable because everything you brought up is in Shireen. It basically sets up the dangers of Compton, even when you're just trying to meet up with a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to figure mm-hmm. out where she lives to see what territory she's in. Does she have any older siblings that you might be in trouble with? Like, right, right. you know, knowing where to park your car in that hood. Making sure it's not a setup. All these crazy scenarios... I don't know about you, but when I pulled up to a crib for a date, <laughs> I wasn't worried about getting jumped or my I was car more getting robbed. About the date. Yeah, I was more scared about the date. I just wanted to touch back on that because I yeah. think everything you've been saying is just amazing that an intro to an album 
has pretty much every big point that he will later rap about. Yeah, it's almost like the like an intro to like a Shakespearean play or whatever, where they they have like the, the long soliloquy in the beginnings, where they kind mm-hmm. of like tell you the story of the play in a way. Very yeah, similar, like my boy way. Puck in in uh, was it Midnight Summer's Dream? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. This ain't this ain't a Shakespeare podcast, but you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah, I was in high school. I read books. Yeah, I read books. <laughs> Othello, I know him. Shit. <laughs> but not as emotionally vulnerable as Mr. Morale, but I feel like there's a lot of emotional vulnerability there with like him showing who he was as a teenager. But one huge thing I really love about this album is I think the pacing is fantastic. I think it peaks at the right moments. It knows when to lay off the gas. It knows when to hit hard. It has like perfect ebbs and flows, I think. I there's honestly, one thing. Oh, no. Well, one, thing, one thing. Last thing I'm going to say, I can play this shit from front to back and I'd be okay with it. But You know what? Thing? Me too. Me too. I do think this album's amazing. Like I said, if Mr. Morale didn't hit me so hard, this would be my number two. I low-key think that if he did Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst as the outro, it would have been better. That's I always it. feel that way. I always That's it. I feel you. I dead ass have my next note. My biggest issue with this album is that I never really used to return to the final two tracks. I usually stop at Sing About Me, Dying of Thirst. But on yeah, this Real and Compton. Yeah, mm-hmm. Real and Compton have grown on me. And I will say thematically makes sense as the ending to the album. Like if you think of it as a movie, Compton feels like that, like the movie's over, triumphant ending to the album <laughs> triumph um, it's like a triumph thing it fits thematically honestly like low-key probably agree with you here like i'm kind of ignoring those two tracks in a way when i think about this album most of the time and that probably should play more into this ranking and should probably make good kid two and to put my butterfly <laughs> one in my book but the nostalgia factor it just hits too hard for me like this album came out a week before hurricane sandy hit I have a lot of memories associated with this album and my teenage years and listening to Money Trees, driving around like with my homies. Money Trees. I got my license. I was driving around my first car in 1997 Honda Accord bumping good kid mad city it just has that bro and it's also the kendrick album that really got me into kendrick like it's the one that just like really opened the doors for me like section 80 i had i revisited after the fact honestly i knew singles like on the album you know yeah because i had a friend named leon shout out leon he was talking about kendrick back when he was still k dot and being like yo this man's gonna be like one of the best rappers out he's really good you should listen to section 80 and I remember us being like, yeah, right, whatever, man. Messing with right. him, you know, and, and not actually taking the time to listen to his music recommendation. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, fast forward a couple of years, I listened to Rigor Mortis for the first time, of course, from Section 80. And then I'm like, yo, I need to listen to this dude. And in that timeline, it's like, oh, Good Kid Mad City is out. Let me listen to that. And I'm like, yo, this way. man is amazing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely blown away. So I, I didn't really listen to Section 80 much until after the fact just like you. So I feel like my first real impression was Good Kid Mad City and yeah, what a good impression it was. Cause... At the time, bro, I was a heavy J. Cole stan. Like, I was like, J. Cole's next. He's going to be the guy. There's nothing competing. <laughs> and J. Cole's album, his debut album, I went and bought the CD. I was disappointed because I didn't fuck with Sideline Story that much. I thought it was cool. I liked some songs. Sideline Story. Yeah. I was trying to remember the name. 
Yeah, I thought it was cool. Kind of disappointed. And obviously, I'm still into rap and shit, but like, I didn't really have anybody to have like a standum for at the time, really. And then, yeah, Good Kid, Mad City came in, and then Kendrick just decided to fill the spot of my favorite rapper, and it, it just like kind of went from there, you know. That's that's interesting, you know, because during that time, yeah, because that must have been what 2011 when J Cole dropped that. Yeah, it was. A and lot. I like. I don't know. I saw a YouTube album of his, one or two. And then this kid I knew named Jose was like, yo, if you haven't listened to these albums, I'm going to burn them for you. So he got me. He basically got his mixtapes and then the sideline story and put them on an album. And at that point in time, I actually really, really liked Drake. So I'm like, yo, I don't know if I like Drake or J. Cole more. I don't know if I like Drake or J. Cole more. Mm-hmm. And then I was really big into J. Cole. I got to see him the year he got signed because he actually went to UMass Amherst and opened up for Jay-Z. Oh, wow. Saw that for 50 bucks. I got to see him in UMass twice that year and then like two years later. And then another two years later at uh, Made in America, as you know, that's when we yep, met. Yep. But long story short, at the time I was like, oh, J. Cole or Drake. But then when Kendrick came out, I'm like, oh, shoot, J. Cole or Kendrick. And Kendrick ended up winning out, you know, as time went on. Because it's tough to talk about for the last decade, your favorite rapper, rapper of all time or whatever. But I feel like Kendrick has been so consistent for so long mm-hmm. that especially if we're talking last decade, I can't imagine someone else being number one for me. I agree 100%. I mean, for me, Cole's albums just never met up to the standards in which I placed on him and maybe that's my fault but I don't know it's how I feel and when it comes to Drake I do like a lot of Drake's music I'm a big fan of like some of his albums but when it comes to like discography there are plenty of duds in there and I just think Kendrick although he took five years to put out this most recent album it's your number one right so obviously (laughs) there's something to be said about that consistency five albums Six, if you count Untitled Unmastered, which we didn't even touch on, but it's also great, I would say. Honestly, like, he's probably in my top five rappers of all time at this point. Probably mine, too, but that's a whole nother podcast whole for another, me to figure out. Whole podcast. <laughs> Any final words about the top five? I'm just blown back by how much I liked all of them. I thought it was just really important for me to learn that I grieve different. <laughs> no, I love it. Honestly, I'm glad that you even got me on here. I wouldn't say forced because it was a pleasure, but it forced me to listen to all of these chronologically and just hear how he evolved as an artist to hear how like even his mixing and mastering improved and his beat selection it's just crazy to think how he could put so many different sounds and themes and vibes together on all these projects and they just come out as well as they do this morale just came out and i'm hyped for the next one so hyped for the next one it's so crazy and we're probably not gonna get it for like five years i'll wait I'll wait. You were about a little too late. Who says I love that? how all these albums also came out at like very different points in our lives. Me too. Just like you mentioned, I remember each point in my life I was in. I remember what car I was driving at the time, the job oh. I had, the girl I was seeing or whatever, because so many of these songs were at those parties I was going to or were being played on my car on the way to Boston or whatever. They were just like intertwined in my life, either personally or just through others because of the fandom that that he created 100 i mean like two of these came out when i was in college mm. the butterfly and damn two pretty wildly different albums and i just remember the moments that i had during them i mean damn was my senior year so like honestly the perfect album to come out during my senior year because it was just a bunch of replayable tracks that i can play in the whip while we were just mm-hmm. like fucking around about to graduate college you know straight um, out 
it was nuts. And honestly, Section 80 was my going into college album. That's when I started gravitating towards that one. And I remember me and Anthony, shout out to Anthony, we had new student orientation and we kind of skipped one of the events or whatever. And we were just chilling. And I remember listening to Listen Section, to Section 80. 80. Yeah, I just remember <laughs> it very explicitly. Appreciate having you on the podcast. Plug your shit one more time. Yeah, yeah. One more time for the fans. <laughs> uh, my rap name is O-D-O-H-H-D. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I am working on more because honestly, I've been slacking. But listening to such amazing music like this has been inspiring me. Seeing my homie Frankie out here putting out such good content is making me listen to more and more music and getting me more inspired. So I hope to have something out sooner rather than later so y'all could tune in. Appreciate the kind words and we're excited to hear more from you. For all y'all out there, hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on TikTok. Tell us if our opinions are ass. Tell us if you agree (laughs) with us. I want to hear some some thoughts. Until next time, see y'all later. See y'all later.